guys, so recently we got to visit Northern California and see Stanford and Berkeley, and then one of the other awesome things I did that you're gonna see in a second is meet Leo Laporte and interview him. If you don't know who Leo Laporte is, he's formed his own network called Twit that's online-based, which has really been an inspiration to Piper's Picks TV and hopefully where we're headed in the future. Interviewing him was also amazing because he is one of the most real people I have talked to. He really gave me answers that he really believes in, and you can tell when he's talking that he's completely genuine, and he really has built up something that he loves. Also, when we got to the studio, they first gave us an awesome tour. Oh, and wristbands. But they gave us an awesome tour, and we got to see all the technology behind the scenes and all that, which was so cool. Then they brought us into the room where he was shooting the live video. When I sat down, he looked at me and he was like, we're actually gonna bring someone from the iGen on. Who's me? That's my generation. Probably a lot of your generations if you didn't know. And I didn't know I was gonna be brought onto the show. So that was terrifying, but awesome. And I think I pulled it off, so that's cool. You guys should check that out. Team Piper will put the link in the description and somewhere around here, I don't really know where. Now I look like a mime. Anyway, the interview is really great. Hope you guys like it. Check it out. It's me, Piper, and I'm here with Leo Laporte, who is one of the most well-known tech guys, actually the tech guy. I am the tech guy. And we're in the Twit studio, which is like totally awesome, as you can <laughs> see in the background. This is not my normal setting, and it's really cool. So how are you? I'm great. I'm really pleased to meet you. This is exciting for me. <laughs> yeah, me too. Nice to meet I you. I almost want to interview you. You've been doing this 10 years? Yeah. O almost as long as I have. <laughs> and I'm a little bit older. <laughs> okay, so I do have some younger viewers who might not know what Twit is, so can you I explain everything you, you do? They don't know what Twit is. <laughs> so um, I do kind of more traditional broadcasting. Originally, I'm radio. I still do a radio show, the Tech Guy show. That's what you were talking about. In, uh, it's all over the country. and then, um, But that's only on the weekends, so I thought, well, what should I do the rest of the time? And uh, foolish me, instead of just enjoying life, I started a podcast network. So we do... About 20 podcasts. We have about 20 employees. Uh, shows about, it's all about tech, all kinds of tech shows. So we just did our News Roundtable show. That's where I'm sitting here. Let's call it the News Roundtable. But we also do a show about Macs and Windows and iOS and all that stuff. The format and setting you've put together, do you think it would work for like a Nickelodeon type online network as well? You know, I came from a traditional television background. I worked for uh, six years. I worked in TV for many years, but I worked for six years on tech TV, which was a cable channel about tech. And it didn't do very well. In fact, we ended up getting sold and kind of eventually put out of business because uh, it's so expensive to do cable because you have to not just this stuff is relatively cheap. The expensive thing is going out and going to the cable companies and getting on cable channels, getting carriage. And when I realized that, I said, well, thanks to the Internet, we don't need carriage. So you have a huge advantage over Nickelodeon. Don't tell them that. <laughs> but you do because you just make shows and you put them on YouTube. You don't have to go to a cable company and say, please carry my show or my network. You don't have to bring them marketing money. It costs millions and millions of dollars for that. You don't have to do any of that. In fact, you don't even need this crazy studio. You just you can do it wherever you want, right? Right. Well, since you're established on the internet now, and people would probably want to watch Twit on TV as well, what's prevented you from licensing on TV in addition? So far? Uh, no one was interested. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we've talked. We have talked. We have talked to people about that. But I don't. I think one of the problems is that it would change the content that we do. The stuff we right. do is so aimed at a very specific really frankly niche audience of geeks <laughs> that I don't television always wants to maximize the audience have more people watch yeah. right 
And I don't, I'm more interested in getting the right people than more people. So my, my goal, my economic model, the thing I like to do isn't really mass appeal. It's really aimed at a, a na more narrow audience. In fact, I'm really surprised that radio stations still carry my show. <laughs> I think some of them probably think it's foreign language programming. They don't, <laughs> they don't understand what I'm saying and they just go, oh, well. Okay, somebody wants to hear this, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, like, a lot of the stuff you cover is stuff we, like, even my generation would probably be interested in talking about that we well, maybe, don't necessarily Well, maybe there's hope discuss. for me. But then, <laughs> see, here's the problem. Now I'm old, and your generation is going to say, well, I'm not going to listen to that old man talk about tech. You got any young people? So the future is yours, not mine. <laughs> Seriously. Well, maybe they could, like, team up. Yeah, like just what you right need. Now, kind of. Yeah, I don't know. I think my, your audience is going, get that old guy off. Let's have more Piper. <laughs> we don't have that old. But you interview celebrities and, and, and famous old people, so I guess it fits right in. <laughs> it's in the middle, I guess. I'm a semi-famous old person. <laughs> okay, so with the new development stuff, yeah. YouTube, when it first came out, it was a big like it was a big thing for people to just start and be able to establish what they want to do themselves. It's amazing. Now you it's were hard. doing it ten years ago. You were at the very beginning. Yeah. Now it's become hard to fight through the noise, though. Right. So what do you do with trying to establish? Yourself? That's really hard, isn't it? Yeah. And I was in a fortunate position that I had built over many years uh, an audience of people who who knew that I'd covered technology even before tech TV. I did radio and television and technology. I've been doing it since 1991. That's a long time. Yeah. So it took a long time for me. And I still probably, you know, if you look at my YouTube numbers, it's tiny. I still, you know, we have probably of all of our shows about 7 million downloads a month, which I'm, it's enough for me to make a good living and make a business out of. But it's nowhere near the big numbers that YouTube stars get. So, right. but I'm not trying to do that. So I chose to do something a little bit more narrow. You want to, Break out, right? <laughs> yeah. And I don't, I don't know how you do that. I don't. I'm not the person to ask about that because all I, all I ever did was, um, just do what I really love and I'm most passionate about. And so my advice to you may not get you where you want to go, but it'll certainly be a lot of fun along the way. Which is do the things you really love to do. A lot. I see a lot of people on YouTube trying to build an, trying to become famous. Yeah. And that's not as interesting, I think, to the audience. What, what works on YouTube? Authenticity, funny, yeah. uh, real. And I think when people see on YouTube, maybe for a little while it's interesting, somebody who just wants to be famous, you know, a Kardashian type. Yeah. It's fine for a while, but it doesn't have a long lasting. So, so what I try to do is give people value. If they watch me, they're going to learn about technology. They're going to understand it better. I try to do that and cover it out of the interest and love I have for the subject. And if they like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. I don't worry so much about breaking out. I mean, you may need, I mean, if you want to become a star, you want to, right? Yeah. Do you want to become a star? I mean, like, I'm kind of in the middle because I really like what you're saying with just going right. with what you love. So, I mean, that's not as necessarily important to me, although I do want to be able to be in a position where I'm able to make my own decisions. Right. That's more important than anything else. Yeah. And that's where you have an advantage. And when I worked in mainstream radio and television, I couldn't. Somebody's told me what told me what to do, right? We spent six years making tech TV and then they just sold it out from under us. The main reason I started my own business is to keep control. So that's a good thing. Keep that in mind. You do want that. You remind me a lot of a good friend of mine, I Justine, who is a big YouTube oh, she's star. Great. She's great, right? Yeah. I've known her since the beginning, since before she started. And all she she works really hard. And, but she does what she loves. She talks about what she loves, and she's very authentic and very real. And very talented. And she has some very, she's a hell of an editor. 
I mean, there's she has technical skills too. So that's yeah. what you should do. With the whole making, Justine. <laughs> <laughs> with the whole making your decisions thing, I've noticed that you're very um, you give your own opinion on the tech stuff you're covering. Right. So how does that affect when you want to cover events for like a specific company such as Apple or Microsoft? Do did, they, did your dad tell you, you to ask this question? I'm a little bit of bitter about she all of that. <laughs> so um, I hate marketing people. I hate PR people. I don't want to talk to them. I love to know what's going on at a company, but it's more important to me that I be able to talk honestly about a company. So Apple's a good example where uh, I, I don't know, but I never get invited to their events anymore. I think they probably prefer journalists who are more favorable. I'm not unfavorable. I love Apple, but I'm willing to criticize it when it needs criticism in my right. opinion. And I think that's my job. I don't feel like, I think one of the problems with uh, uh, narrow media, like technology media, is you start to become f like friends of the companies. And then ultimately you start to more represent the companies. Really, I don't think I'm here to talk nice about any company. I'm here to represent people, users. Yeah. And so I don't care whether Apple likes me. I care whether the users like me and whether I'm helping them. That's more important to me. Yeah, that's great. But yeah, except Apple doesn't like me very much. <laughs> when did you first realize you had such an interest in technology? A long time ago uh, when I was uh, about 30 or 40 years old. <laughs> no, I was, uh, so in my 20s, I was a DJ. I was working in radio, just playing records. Uh, this was around 19, I would say 1977, 78. And I had spent a lot of time at, there's this place, I think it's still around, called Chuck E. Cheese Pizza Time Theater. You ever been there? Chuck E. Cheese, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> we had it then, even back in the old days. And so I used to go into Chuck E. Cheese and drop a lot of quarters on, on video games. Right. And I thought after a while, I'm spending so much money on these games, I should probably just buy one of these computers. <laughs> so I got an Atari, and I started to kind of fall in love with it, and I started to write software for it. Then I said, this is an expensive hobby. So I said, I better get a job writing reviews so I can get free stuff. And that's what right. I did. And so in the early late 70s, I started writing about computers. I started talking about it on the radio in the uh, 80s and 90s. And so uh, it really started early as a hobby. I fell in love with it. And then it became a career probably in the early 90s. So computers were a lot different back then. What are some of your favorite newest progressions? Uh, you know, it's really interesting because uh, in... When, when I first started using computers, we didn't have the internet, right? We, uh, they were very slow and primitive. Games, you've ever seen an old video game? They're yes, pretty, yeah, of they're course. Pretty... We have ColecoVision now. Oh, you know? Yeah. You had dad, you have ColecoVision? Oh, my God. <laughs> it still works. That was the stringy floppy, wasn't it, that they had? They had a cassette. They called it a stringy floppy. <laughs> my brother. That was the like Coleco Adam. Yeah, you have a ColecoVision. Oh, okay. So <laughs> you remember that, don't you? <laughs> so um, so you see how primitive those are? Yeah. They're kind of fun from a nostalgic point of view. And I think it's really funny to see kids playing Minecraft, which is, you know, kind of looks like those old games. Yeah, now it's cool to have the old-fashioned stuff. But those games are still much more sophisticated. Minecraft is an infinite world. You can wander forever. There's all this stuff you couldn't do on an Atari. So it's fun to see how far we've come. And yet... Um, I think what's most interesting about computers and technology in general is not so much the physical hardware anymore. That's when I first got into it. It was all about, oh, look at this great new machine. Look at this great new processor. Right. Now it's look what this can do. Look how it's changing the world. Look how artificial intelligence is making it possible for your cars to drive themselves. You can talk to your Echo. Those things, to me, are what's really exciting now. 
It's how we interact with them and how they interact with the world. Where do you think we'll be with technology like 10 years from now? I am so jealous of you because you are going to grow up, <laughs> and my kids too are going to grow up in a world that is so different. It, the, the, the pace of change is, I think, accelerating, and it's changing yeah. faster now than ever before. And so we're going to see in 10 years uh, the advent of intelligent machines. We're going to see um, computing everywhere, everything Everything, but everything will have processors in it, will be connected to the Internet. Uh, I can't even imagine what kinds of devices, glasses, HoloLens <laughs> kinds of glasses, contact lenses, implants you're going to have. It's going to be scary. It's going to be scary. And that doesn't even mention, that's the, the, the digital revolution, the bio revolution that you are going to enter in the next few years with CRISPR and gene editing is really going to change the world. We ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping that by the time I'm old enough... Uh, to go in the nursing home, I'll be. They'll have a way to make me young again. I'm just. I'm kind of hoping for that. What are your plans for expanding Twit in the next couple of years? Well, I'm hoping to hire a young person around 17 years old who really? has some real energy and vivaciousness that can take over for me, so I can go and retire. You know I, anybody? I apply for okay, one. good. <laughs> I. You know, I have no idea. I didn't plan Twit from the beginning. It's just kind of grown the way it is. But I think we do need more young people like you. You're really impressive, and I think that gives me hope. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I'd love to do anything with it. <laughs> Good. Deal. <laughs> okay, so what's cooler, Microsoft or Apple? Well, you know, for a long time, Apple was a lot cooler than Microsoft. The funny thing is Apple's getting old and boring. And look at my new computer. This is a Microsoft Windows machine that I can <laughs> do. I think Microsoft is getting a lot cooler than Apple. What do you think? I mean... I do have. You like a, your iPhone. Don't I love you? my iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly where I'm going. Yeah. Although now I'm getting kind of upset with it because it's like a couple generations old and it's doing that thing where it slows down because it's a couple generations old. And I'm like, thanks, Apple. I really well, appreciate good news. that. There's a new, I hear there's a new iPhone coming. But teenagers can't always get them. Oh, new everybody should subscribe to Piper's Picks and help Piper <laughs> get a new iPhone. Please subscribe. Push the button. Where's the button? What do you YouTube guys do? Push know. the button. Here. It's here. Push the button. Subscribe. And someday, Piper can get a new phone. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Piper. Thank you so much. My pleasure. So I think you guys can really be inspired by this video because I think the way he talks and the way he's formed this thing that he loves can really help you to find what you love and how to make that a reality for you. So hope you guys love this interview. I certainly love doing it. Subscribe. It's like totally fetch. Bear.